Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. And uh, welcome to following on, uh, following a quite brilliant day of uh, test cricket for England. Started the day 79 for two, a lead of uh, 98. And they'd increased that by uh, 158 by the first break of the day, the tea break, which uh, comes before dinner, of course. Four wickets have fallen, though. New Zealand is still uh, hanging gamely on. Uh, Runs uh, for Ollie Pope. And uh, also uh, Harry Brook, 49 for Pope, 57 for Brook and uh, Root as well with a half century. Uh, Neil Wagner picked up two early wickets but went for 100, was going at 10 and over as uh, both uh, Pope and uh, Root tucked into the short pitch stuff, hooking with disdain. It was quite brilliant, breathless stuff really. Uh, The afternoon session or the middle session uh, saw uh, more wickets fall but England's uh, run rate never dropped. Another 100 run session. Uh, we've had quite a few of those in this uh, day-night test affair. Uh, England in the end bowled out for 374. And where the balance between bat and ball had been fairly even uh, for the day, it went uh, decisively towards the ball. Uh, Stuart Broad, quite brilliant. Uh, even for his lofty standards, four wickets, all bowled. Conway Williamson, uh, Latham and Blundell, his victims. Uh, Nichols. A sorry figure walking off with just uh, seven to his name. Will we see him at Wellington? Uh, we shall see. Robinson with that breakthrough. Uh, New Zealand, well, they're going to lose this test match. Uh, they're still 331 runs adrift. 63 for five. It's a sorry-looking scorecard if you're a Kiwi. Uh, but England are boys, and we'll be hearing from the boys very shortly. Uh, you're listening to Following On. So Steve Harmison uh, alongside with breathless stuff there. Absolute brilliance from Stuart Broad. England's uh, batters did the job. Uh, 50s for Brook, 50 for Root, 50 for Folks, 49 for Pope. Uh, Robinson weighed in with 39, but it's not about the batters today. It's about the bowlers and one in particular, Stuart Broad. Yeah, unbelievable from, from Stuart Broad. The batters have always, they always set the game up and they're playing at a run rate now, which is ridiculous and giving England so much time to take 20 wickets and their bowlers to make a difference. And a lot of question marks on the great man before this series. Hadn't played at a weird test match since Hobart. 
could Broad, Anderson and Robinson play in the same team in the Southern Hemisphere away from home? Can Anderson and Broad play in the same test match ever again? That was always, that was all labelled at, you know, the, the great pair and they broke the record in this game largely down to the brilliance of Stuart Broad. He got his knees pumping, got himself in a position of strength, got the conditions which as always puts a bowler under pressure when you get things in your favour, whether it's seaming conditions, swinging conditions, you've got to put the ball in a in good area. And he's gone bold, 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 bold. Four bold, all hitting the top of our stump. Left-handers, right-handers. The ball, for me, as much as I thought, you know, the ball to Latham and, and Conway was a good one, but the ball for me was the Blundell one, off the back of a 100 He's pitched one just outside off stump, nipped it back on top, onto the top of off stump. And this was a man not 24 hours ago who got 100 and kept England at bay. It was a magnificent spell of bowling from Stuart Broad. And we will hopefully be speaking to him very soon. I mean, New Zealand were just blown away, weren't they? You know, they won the toss on day one. They were, they were erratic. Well, they were poor with the ball, let's be honest. Uh, England gifted a few wickets, um, you know, 325 for nine declared. You thought, well, you know, OK, they, they are kind of still in it. They're 83 for five. They're 170 off for seven. Um, if not for Tom Blundell, then the game's done by now, you yeah. imagine. We'd be on a beach. We would have been on a beach this afternoon, I think, and we'd have been, you know, probably sipping drinks with umbrellas in by now if, if it hadn't have been for Tom Blundell because you know, his was the difference yesterday. Um, and you're right. I think there's a there's a fine line between criticising bowlers if they're bowling badly and criticising bowlers of England knocked them off their lengths. I actually think England knocked them off their lengths today. I thought they bowled badly yesterday. OK, let's uh, head to Sam Ellard, who's with Stuart Broad. Yeah, I am, John. Um, that was a pretty special hour and a half of cricket, wasn't it? Pink ball, the floodlights on, the Barmy Army in, in pretty good voice. And wow, that was a... Not a bad spell of bowling from yourself, Brody. Four wickets. How do you find that? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Baz has made his mantra pretty clear to the team that it's about uh, entertainment um, and playing positive cricket. And I think if you've paid your ticket uh, to watch today's play from the way we played with the bat, I mean, Harry Brook, what a, what a, bat, what a player he is, the way he, uh, the way he played. Um, you had been fully entertained throughout the day, wouldn't you? And you know, we, we, We've quite deliberately played this game in a way that we want to give ourselves as much overs as we can with a hard new ball under the lights. Um, you know, we've seen Australia and Adelaide do that many a time and sort of followed that. We know it's, it's harder to bat under the lights, particularly coming in as a new batter. So the way we've played is to try and set the game up to bowl as, as much as we can in these conditions. And um, I love tonight, you know. <laughs> Barmy Army in, singing away. Uh, people have travelled and given up so much to come and watch us in this part of the world. It's a beautiful part of the world, but it's um, it's not the easiest to get to, especially when a cyclone's going. But um, we sort of, you know, we, these sort of performances and entertainment are for the supporters that a watches at home and b come and come to this part of the world to come and uh, and watch us because I think anyone at the ground today has had a lot of fun. Well, I think I was on the grass bank for half an hour earlier. I can guarantee you, everyone on that grass bank over there had a good time. But just for you, was that you at your absolute best? I mean, you know, legs pumping, tail up. You know, it felt as if every single ball you were you were going to get a wicket. We've seen that so often in the past, where you get one uh, one early, your tails up, and it feels like every time you bowl, you're going to get a wicket. Yeah, I felt like, you know, I actually felt like I bowled okay in the first innings, but having not played since September probably searched a little bit mentally. You know, you just, you want to settle into the game, but you want to take wickets for the team. And I maybe didn't sort of 
repeat my um, the ball I was trying to bowl often enough, and that can happen. You know, I know I'm an experienced bowler, but when you haven't been in the heat of the contest for four or five months, um, you can just sort of think of slightly different things. Um, but today was really simple for me. I knew the pitch had dried out slightly and was taking a little seam for the wobble, and I just thought, right, I'm going to hit the pitch as hard as I possibly can, keep it as simple as I possibly can, and try and bring the stumps into play. And uh, any time you get quality batters out with, um, with good balls nipping back and bowling, it's, it's pretty special. But I must admit, I enjoyed the Kane one. Yeah, favourite one? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I always like bowling at left-handers, but... <laughs> You know, I've had to watch Kane bat for the best part of 12 years at the other end. So anytime you get him for, yeah, anytime you get him early, you're pretty happy. And you mentioned there the way the batsmen set the game up. You know, three batsmen past 50. Um, I know he didn't get 100, but you mentioned there at the top of the interview was today more evidence that Harry Brook, man, he's some player, isn't he? He's got the world at his feet. Yeah, he's superb. And I think you know he's come into this team. Sometimes sport, a lot of sports, about timing. And I just think there's a few guys come into this team at the perfect time for for the leadership that's that's in place. Um, Brookie's certainly one of those that springs to mind. You've seen the development of of someone like Ollie Pope, not just as a player, but in the way his his leadership sort of gathering and the confidence that he's bringing to the changing room. Um, but, you know, I just I sort of wish there was like a fly on the wall documentary going on. Make it happen. We can make it happen. Let talk sport into the England dressing room. Come on. Because it's, it's phenomenal, really. You know, I, I can't think that I've heard like a negative word said for, for eight months. And, you know, even if... You know, someone gets out, it's very much taking the positive option at all times. And how we, you know, no one ever talks about economy rates. I've not heard that mentioned. It's all about taking wickets. How can we take wickets every single ball? That's what we're looking to do. Uh, and batters, how can we find the boundary and put the, the bowlers under pressure? And, you know, it's very special for me at 36 to be part of that change room and see it sort of firsthand. Um, but it's also pretty cool to watch as well. It is indeed fun to watch. Um, I know it seems a long time ago now, but this time last night, hashtag Nighthawk was trending on Twitter thanks to yourself. I've got to ask you about last night. You came in, didn't you, as the Night Watchman, also now known as the Nighthawk. And obviously, because it's you know this New England team, the thought of, I guess, leaving the ball and blocking the ball was boring, so you thought you'd charge down the wicket and hit every ball for six. It was some of the best yeah. entertainment I've seen in a long time, Stuart. I think entertainment's the right word, yeah. I mean, I you know, if you'd have if asked me 18 months ago if I'd have been batting number four... Um, um, above Joe Root, not even as a night watchman, just to try and go knit boundaries, I'd have laughed at you. But I think, you know, it sort of tags on to the entertainment that Baz is trying to bring to, to everyone. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it, it's something that uh, it's quite fun, you know, getting the pads on at different times of the day. You never know what's coming. You just hear him sort of walk into the change room. We make eye contact with you and he's like, Hawk, it's time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's... Uh, you know, it's, uh, it didn't come off this time, but uh, if I stay relaxed and get the opportunity again, I'll try and um, make hay while the, the night shines. Good man. Um, I guess obviously plan tomorrow is try and take those wickets as quick as possible. So then we've all got two big nights out in this wonderful place. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, we'll, we'll try and give you a, a, a bit of a celebration. But yeah, I mean, I've played enough test cricket to know that um, we've got a bit of work to do, do, do tomorrow. But, uh, you know, Mitchell and, and Bracewell have been good players against us and particularly Mitchell's you know really gritty characters we saw last summer so we'll we'll find a way to to try and make some inroads tomorrow we know it's harder in the daytime than it is at the night but um you know I, I think just the, the the effort in the field the the passion that we show the, you, the way lads throw themselves around and dive into the boundary boards it's a great it's a great style of cricket that we're playing and we'll continue that at two o'clock tomorrow and final one I nearly forgot to ask you Anderson and Broad, now the most prolific pairing 
um, of bowlers in, in Test cricket. You've gone above uh, McGraw and Warren. You've got over a thousand wickets together. Um, I think everyone's probably riding out superlatives to talk about you, absolute legend, not just of English cricket but but Test cricket. But I mean, that's some effort, isn't it, Brody? As, as two fast bowlers, what does that mean to you? That record? Yeah, it's very special to to do something like that with one of my great mates and someone who, outside of cricket, will be a, a, a friend for life and has been there through cricketing times, but also personal times. You know, most prolific, yes, greatest. I wouldn't say so. McGrath and Warner, two heroes of mine, growing up and what they did for. Uh, a generation of Australian cricket was was outstanding. Um, yeah, we've we've taken over in in wickets tally, which is pretty special as two fast bowlers. You know, uh, almost the longevity of that is probably the most surprising thing. Um, but I, I just feel lucky and pretty blessed that I've been born in the same era as Jimmy. And um, you know, we're different bowlers for sure, but I think we complement each other really well. And actually, Chris Wokes texts me. Uh, this morning, last night, I know it all blends into one of these day nights. Sort of same, isn't it? He was like, a thousand wickets together looks mad when I type it out. And actually, when I read it, I was like, yeah, that, that just looks really strange. I just I remember taking like my hundredth wicket and I thought that was a marathon. Um, so for us to take in a thousand together is, uh, is quite, quite mind-boggling, really. Brilliant stuff. Sam Eller with uh, Stuart Broad there. Wow, there's a, there's a lot to dissect from that interview, isn't it? First off, Alan Brazil in the dressing room. He's got to be hosting that. Uh, fly on the wall documentary that talks what are going to be bringing you from inside the England camp as they 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 take the ashes this year. But uh, but where do you start? I mean, this is a guy that's been playing Test cricket since 2007, and he sounds as fresh and as rejuvenated and as happy as I think I've ever heard him. I think the selectors have done him a favour a couple of times, and the, the biggest one was leaving him out of the West Indies because I think that was a, a, a possibility that he probably wouldn't have played again. And whenever Stuart Broad is challenged, whenever he's put up a backs against the wall and somebody's saying that you know, it, it, maybe it's time for him to move on or he's not first choice, he comes back with a special spell and he comes back with a matronin spell. You mentioned it a bit earlier. You know, he didn't just win them three, them three spells in against Australia. didn't just win test matches. He won the Ashes three times with the spells of bowling at, um, at the Oval, at Chesley Street and then at at Trent Bridge and they would do a difference they made a difference in in the ashes to win it and that's what this guy does and again I, I'll say it again I still believed when I came over here that he probably wasn't first choice for the ashes and when a lot of people would say Anderson and Broad Anderson and Robinson were probably ahead of him with a, a fast bowler but when he put spells together like that and you've got Brendan McCullum and Ben Stokes creating an environment five test matches in seven weeks you're going to need as many fast bowlers as you can in form and if Stewart doesn't play in all five he'll definitely make a, a, a contribution in possibly three possibly four and at this minute in time the way he's bowling like that after having the break in the West Indies the time off the birth of a first child um, things are, are still fresh for for Mr Broad and, and, and who wouldn't back against him going and doing another spell of bowling like that in the summer against Australia possibly to win the Ashes probably for the final time India 179 for 7 by the way if you're tuning in to listen to uh, live and exclusive coverage of uh, the second test match in Delhi uh, Adam Collins and the SEN team will be uh, taking you through guiding you through until about 11.30am UK time the, fi- the final session uh, of uh, day, t- uh, day two, uh, the, the game is just ridiculous as how quickly Test cricket is played these days. But uh, essentially, India trailing by 84, uh, Ashwin and uh, Aksar Patel at the crease. 
84 behind. It's uh, a minefield, it seems, that uh, pitch there. It seemed like a minefield this evening when uh, England were bowling for sure. Less so uh, in the first two sessions of play, but that's day-night test cricket for you. Uh, before we bring in Daniel McCarty for the last 10 minutes of the show, I mean, is there anything, any solace that New Zealand can take from what has been a, a punishing day? No, I don't think so. Um, I've tried to look as, as from a positive point of view from a, from a New Zealand camp, um, and I'm, I'm struggling to, to find one. Um, Tom Blundell's 138 in the first innings. Devin Conway, he, um, he tried and battled hard. I don't think the bowlers have been at the races, to be fair. There's been complete chalk and cheese from both attacks, and I think that's the difference. And like I said before, there's a fine balance between criticising the bowling unit who have been hit off their length by a very positive, um, very proactive England batting unit and then bowling bowling poorly and not being anywhere near the standard of international test cricket. I think the latter happened in the first innings. I thought they were all over a shambles in the first innings. I thought second innings they bowled a little bit better and I think you can compliment England for the proactiveness and the way they have played. But when it comes down to it, I think they've been I think if England do win, and I fully expect England to win by the first break tomorrow, um, I think England can look at the Maroons here. We beat New Zealand in all three facets. I think we fielded better than New Zealand. I think England have bowled better than New Zealand. And England have definitely, certainly battered better than New Zealand. And that's, for me, is why England are, at this minute in time, 331 runs in the lead. And I fully expect England to go on and take the victory at some point tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus of the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. OK, well, let's get Daniel McCarty uh, in position. Big thanks to Steve Harmison, who will be back uh, tomorrow. Uh, the golf will have to wait until the afternoon. We'll, we're waiting to see whether Sam Ellar picks up another uh, player interview. But uh, while we wait for that, and I'm not sure that uh, too many New Zealand players are going to be putting themselves forward with uh, Willie Nichols uh, to, uh, to come and speak to us. But Daniel McCarty is with us. And same question, really. I mean, New Zealand have done well to, to stay on the coattails of England for the first two and a half days. But... They've just been blown away this evening in a manner that we kind of expected as having seen something similar on day one. But 
And is there anything you can take from that, or is it just a case of England are too good? Uh, what I can take from that is Broad, Anderson and Robinson are fine bowlers in these conditions when there is something in it for the bowlers. Uh, they've manufactured the day perfectly as far as controlling the scoring rate and getting themselves in a position in England where they could have an hour and a half, two hours, essentially it was. Um, in that final session, New Zealand had to get through. Uh, the last hour, hour and a half is really when you are under lights, but the damage was already done by that stage, uh, ironically. Stuart Broad, fantastic. Wasn't it wonderful to get, get a real insight? Incredible thinker of the game. He speaks so very, very well. Uh, and, you know, a player with, what, 560-odd test wickets. Still has these burning patches of form, doesn't he? When he gets red hot, he gets searing hot. Uh, you know, white hot he was and hitting the pitch hard, bowling straight, bringing the stumps into play. It's a pretty simple plan, but you've got to be good enough to execute. And he did. And he just got the ball to, to move back, alarmingly bold, you know, painful channels. I, I'll think of the dismiss of Latham. He was looking actually quite compact and, and decent, but it's in that painful fourth fifth stump line and he's thinking should I play should I not play and he's halfway through a defensive stroke halfway leaving and it sneaks through and hits the timber and Latham spins around and almost hits the stumps uh Chris Broad style uh, ironically I thought he was actually going to follow through and and a real sign of New Zealand's frustration I, I just thought they were simply superb yes England have had two cracks under the, the lights compared to New Zealand's one, I'm talking about the bowlers, but in 41 overs, the New Zealand batsmen combined in the third session of this test, so day number one and day number three for those listening, New Zealand have had to endure 41 demanding overs from this English attack. In those 41 overs, 100 runs have been scored and they've lost eight wickets. In uh, direct comparison, England have had 16 overs on day number two, under the lights, 79 for two. Yep, New Zealand picked up two wickets. Uh, England picked up three on day number one, but England was still forceful with ball, uh, with bat in hand, even in tricky batting conditions. So uh, I think I've used the analogy. They, they started off a marathon at a sprinting pace, and New Zealand have been desperately sort of holding on, but it looks like England have kicked away and are now running away with this. So, yes, Mitchell has done it in the past against England in 2022. He will fight tooth and nail. He'll, he'll use every tactic. He'll take off his gloves three times in the last over so they don't get another over uh, under the lights. Uh, Bracewell, nervous start. He looks a nervous starter. I'm not sure he really trusts his defensive game. Can he bat a long period of time? If he starts hitting it, it could be a lot of fun. His, his, his natural game's more attuned with the English batting um, uh, the way the English go about their batting, but it's a long, long way away, isn't it? So, uh, yes, if I reflect on the day's play, England's clearly, clearly England's day by a long way. The first session, New Zealand got one half of the equation right with their bowling. They picked up four wickets. I had that down in my notes as the bare minimum, but they also needed to control the, the, the scoring rate. They didn't. England, uh, for those who, who are just tuning in, when it's 6.2 runs and over in that first session, they scored 158 and the game uh, sort of getting out of New Zealand's control. I thought the middle session New Zealand, mainly through Michael Bracewell and his off-breaks, uh, did a good job. Picked up two wickets, still clinging on, and they were able to get... They had a session where they kept the run rate under four runs and over. That was impressive. Uh, but that third session, after mopping up the English tail for the addition of just 25 more runs, you know, 23 searching overs was coming their way, and they've lost five. Uh, simply, Simply not good enough. So... 
Yep, they'll get to bat in pretty friendly conditions tomorrow on a surface that looks very good for batting on still. But you know the ball will still do enough to keep those seamers in play. I thought Bracewell, I was hoping Bracewell would uh, play a part today. It was the case. I've been saying it for over a day now. Jack Leach is really going to uh, play a part in the fourth innings. A couple of foot marks outside of the left-handers too. Um, he might just uh, be the cherry, cherry on top for England. Well, he's going to have to get the ball out of Stuart Broad's hands first because uh, Stuart Broad, of course, goes in with four wickets uh, to his name. He's going to want to come back and... I'm not sure how big the honours board is here at Mount Monganui. I mean, it's well, it won't been, be very long. It's the, this is the fourth test. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, BJ Watling's up there with uh, with the bat, and uh, so is uh, uh, Tom Blundell, of course. But Stuart Broad, well, he's one wicket away from uh, from getting on the honours board. I mean, it's a little bit early, I suppose. Got a couple of minutes left of the show, but looking ahead to Wellington, you know, there's always a clamour for changes. There'll certainly be one. Matt Henry will come back into the side. You would think so, John. He was originally named in the squad. But what about uh, what about within the batting? Because uh, Henry Nichols, I mean, you've got to feel for the guys batting for his career, temporarily anyway. You know, you, you never know what uh, is around the corner. But to come out in, in both innings and to have to face such quality bowlers in such difficult circumstances, I mean, how's your luck? Yeah, he's, he'd just be desperate to to hopefully. Uh, get the daylight. nod, <laughs> bat in daylight in Wellington. May, maybe not on the first session, <laughs> where, where it does. You know, Wellington will look very green. You, you, we'll post photos two days out. Our, our listeners on TalkSport might lose their minds going, it's going to be a green seamer. It never seems around as much as it looks in Wellington. It still is a new ball wicket. You've got to bowl well with the new ball to get wickets. It won't deteriorate. It won't spin a lot. Uh, but there's good pace and bounce in it. So the English attack is still going to, to find find uh, ways to trouble the New Zealand lineup. But you're right. I do feel for Nichols. I, I never like it when someone's career is on the line. I just have a sneaking suspicion this rather conservative New Zealand selection and coaching group will probably give him one last chance in Wellington. Well, we'll find out. You'll find out with us on uh, TalkSport 2. Uh, we've still got this game to finish, so we'll be back uh, tomorrow afternoon. It'll be uh, 12.30 in the morning. Uh, Sunday night, I think. I'm starting to get a little bit confused about where we are in the world and what time it is and what time it isn't. Um, uh, partly because we're about to head over to India as well. So three different time zones. I haven't got a prayer. Either way, thanks for listening to uh, the action from uh, Mount Monganui here in New Zealand. It's been England's day, absolutely. And uh, at some point tomorrow, they're going to close out um, a win, a big win and a rare win in this part of the world. And we're going to be heading to Wellington, where it all began, really, for Anderson abroad. They've capped it off. They've reached the 1,000-wicket mark here at Mount Monganui. A spell for the ages for Stuart Broad. And New Zealand, really, um, are searching for the answers. Um, England uh, posing too many questions today, just too good when it came to that final session of Test Cricket. Uh, But we will be back tomorrow. And uh, hopefully you will join us as well. Coming up, though, after the break here on TalkSport 2 Live, an exclusive coverage from Delhi and that second test between India and Australia. But that's all she wrote here. From Mount Monganui, England end day three, well on top. In Mount Monganui at the top of the North Island. And if day three is anything as good as days one and two, uh, then we're in for a treat. It's a very good bouncer and Stuart Broad can't handle it. Bounces out behind square on the offside and a simple catch is taken short. Pulled by Ollie Pope and he's got right underneath it and helped it away onto the bank over fine leg for six. Root doing the same. He goes across the stumps. 
gets inside the line, it's down to up, hits it over. And this one is hit high. This is the biggest of the bunch. A 50-run partnership in 28 minutes. Test Short again, leg side. Bigger pal for caught behind. Straight in the right hand. Pope will have to go. That is pitched up and it's driven gloriously by Harry Pope. <laughs> extra cover. Oh. It goes outside of off stump and clubs him back over his head. One bounce into the fence for four. Joe Root chalk up another half century. 50 off 52. Five fours, one six. The Rolls Royce is purring today. And that will allow Brooke to calmly play through mid on. And he too can join Joe Root on 50. Well played. What a start to his test career. Tickner. Has a wicket caught it. Slip, Brooke. Last ball. Oh, there's a catcher there. Yes, there is. It's Joe Root on the reverse sweep. New Zealand strike with the final ball of the session. England 237 for six. It's a pull shot that's very fine. Almost scooped it around the corner and it's travelled over the boundary for six. A huge smile and Stokes' face tells me everything I need to know about this. It's inside the line, he pulls away to find leg. Wagner! Well, you can add another six. He takes the catch and trips over the rope and falls over. This game that has just been so entertaining. Yep, that's another record. Ben Stokes became the leading six-hitter in the history of Test cricket with his 109th today. Down the wicket comes Stokes and is stumped. Down the wicket, looking to thump it over long on. And Ben Folks delights in dispatching it to uh, deep mid. It's another short one. It's another pull shot from Folks, And it's another boundary. Pulled away powerfully. Ford of square out of the fence. Not for four because Bracewell will slide. But a half century nonetheless for Folks. A really good knock from a very good player. Oh, he's feathered an edge and he's gone. Pressing forward. Tickner's got one to bounce on him. And Folks goes short and slapped away by Robinson through mid-off for four. That was absolutely dismissive. 349 for eight, 69 overs gone. England lead by 368. Another wicket and Robinson again, a man who'd got in, decided to hurry things up. Stumped him. Bracewell turns it past Jack Leach, who's on the charge, swinging lustily. The Black Caps of New Zealand will require 394 to win this first test match. Away with a crisp stroke through mid-wicket, just slightly over-pitched, kept the balance and nudged it through the gap and out to the fence before. And here's another one because Broad's got it to nip back and bold as Devin Conway. Beauty from Broad. Out! Kane Williamson has just chopped on. It's that angle of attack from England and Stuart Broad. And Williamson has got to go for a duck. And he's got him! Third wicket for Stuart Broad. Latham's got to go for 15. It's an edge, gone. Folks takes the catch. Nichols is gone. New Zealand are four down. Bold, another. Would you believe it? He's got four. All bold. New Zealand have been shredded. End of day three. New Zealand are 63 for five. New Zealand are still 331 runs away from their victory target. Hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertz and the Bypassal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertz and the Channelized Bimbingus at the Bypassal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chattel sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.